0: This is So Then What Happened, a series where various types of artists, from musicians, dancers, actors, singers, writers, stand-up comics, and so much more, share their horror stories from the industry. And these stories will keep you asking, So Then What Happened? Hello? Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of So Then What Happened? I have a pretty cool guest that I've known for some time now, like I was trying to count and I'm just going to say over a decade, maybe almost two, but I know it's not, but it's long enough. Do the math. That's over 10 years for you folks. And he is a dope creator, makes great art in such a just like trademark way. Like, you know, it's his stuff when you see it. It's good stuff. Graphic designer, all that good stuff. Give it up for William Askew, AKA the artist Emore. Hello. Can
1: you hear me now?
0: I can. I can. This is our fourth or fifth temp, Um, because Mr. Fancy over here was using his computer and his mic and all this fancy, fancy stuff. So, But it's all good. We're here now. That's all that matters.
1: <laughs> Very true. Um, you know, I, I really want to say an external mic really does save the heartache of not having to hold your phone a certain distance. Makes life easier. But I digress.
0: Oh, I never hold my phone. It's just like sitting on my bed. So.
1: Look at you being all fancy and stuff. Got everything set up in your bedroom. I'm Look at me ass- being
0: all lazy and stuff. Like, listen, I'm still waiting on my job, Bill Gates. Like he says, you know, if you want to find the, you know, the fastest way to do something, you hire a lazy person. Bill Gates, where is my job? Where is my job offer at?
1: Uh, it might've got lost in the mail. You know, that's going downhill these days.
0: Yeah, but- COVID and everything. I feel you. I understand a thousand percent. Um, So before we get into your horror stories, because I know there's more than one, um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about, how you got into art? Like, were you one of those kids doodling on desks and walls and stuff, like painting? And like, how how did you kind of figure this is this is your jam?
1: What kind of menace to society goes around doodling on walls? God okay, damn.
0: act like you've never seen drawings on walls. Like, what is that? What you're trying to tell me? We went to the same high school, so I know you're lying.
1: Pause. Number one, we've known each other for about a decade and a half, a little See, bit almost- over at this point. I said almost wanted to correct that. Now, two, right? Graffiti art is amazing. I love graffiti artists. I love the work that they create. I love their stamp on society. I love how they shape the culture. But if you take a crayon to a goddamn wall, you deserve it. You got to get drop kicked, man. Like, just immediately. Like, you know how much...
0: I'm not talking about graffiti specifically. Like, that's literally the definition of graffiti. Like, that's what you're doing. I'm talking about, like, just... Because, come on, you've seen doodles on, like, bathroom stalls. That's not graffiti. It's people just doodling stuff, writing stuff. I was never that person. I'm talking about. I was never that person. I was a person of purpose. There you go. See? Find your purpose, folks. All right. So then, you know, you weren't doodling like a mad person. Also, you know, Haitian upbringing, you weren't really allowed to doodle like a mad person on anything, for sure. Uh, But... So how did you find out? How did you like discover this is your jam? Like what, at what point were you like, yo, I'm really good at this. Yo, I really like this. Or was it one of those, everyone told you you were good at it and you were like, all right.
1: Nah, nah, I I sucked in the beginning. I was terrible. Okay. Imagine a dark and stormy evening.
0: Okay. um, (laughs) And nice,
1: please. Okay. So real talk real quick, Uh, just to sum this up um, video games. Really, it was my love for video games. It it got me to understand philosophy and science at a super early age. I was like three, thinking that adults built this machine that then was a projection of art and multimedia to then project out this idea that if I died, there could have been another way. And I could continue to live and achieve the overarching goal by simply changing up small baby steps
0: interesting because that still applies to life I mean minus the if you die you can just keep going but yeah small baby steps make the changes adapt and achieve all those good things so I think that's actually super cool that it came from video games because like I feel like video games are very um I don't want to say underrated I feel like there's so much more to them than just like oh I'm playing a game and I'm beating levels like the things that it does you know good and bad unfortunately but The things that it does to people's psyche and like the way you just explained that you were like, this is what's happening. It's something being projected. This is a whole, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that did something to you in a dope way. That's super cool.
1: Thanks. I I really, I really do agree and I appreciate it. But I want to say everything good and bad is by design, right? Like that is not there's no exceptions in the human framework to that concept.
0: See, we space we are steam in this, and this is why we get along. It's kind of like when Apple came up with those little ID tags, and they're like, "Oh, it's so great! Oh, and use it for your pet! Oh, use it for your tablet! Oh, you know, blah blah blah." I was like, "Right." So when I'm out, someone can definitely just drop it in my purse and stalk me. um Yeah, no, I don't like. I automatically think of the bad, evil things that are going to be done. I don't care how cool it is. So yeah, I I totally get that. But yeah, you're right. It is by design, good and bad. You are correct.
1: Um, I want to say if you get hit with one of those, those little ID tags, you can just microwave yourself and like, you know, it, it destroys all electronics. That's the thing.
0: I'm going to not put myself in the microwave, but what I am going to do is
1: ask you about your horror story.
0: So <laughs> the first one, um, I am so curious about this because. I can only imagine where it went wrong and how many places it went wrong and whether it's on the client's end, whether it was like, you were overwhelmed deadlines. I'm so curious. So I am very interested to hear this story.
1: All right. All right. So I, I had to think about this one. Cause you were like, Hey, you want to tell some horror stories? And I was like, okay. Um, we, Which ones? Um, so I wanted, I wanted to actually bring up this really un- I'll bring up two, right? I'll hit you with one and then two. This first one was the very first job I had working at Get Signed Magazine in Brooklyn.
0: All right, wait. So let's, let's you know, okay, we're not doing pictures, dark stormy night, but this is your very first job in
1: mm-hmm. Brooklyn. How old were you? I was, shit, I think it was 20, like 1920. 20. Okay. So out of high school. All right, cool. Yeah, a couple of years out of high school, um, third semester of college, you know, just doing the thing. And I ended up working as a a junior graphic designer and a copywriter. Um, And I got really into doing interviews of different artists. It was musical artists. But we got invited out on a boat. And this was my first time on a boat, right? Bitch, I'm on a boat. All right. So what happened. So it was was an event for the New York Giants. They were celebrating. I think it was a birthday party. Um, There was a lot of people there. And it was a lot of fun. And um, that entire night, I was supposed to be taking photos, right?
0: Uh-huh. But what were you actually doing?
1: No, no. You, you got to understand something. <laughs> one of the, one of the players was like, yo, um, we just paid the captain, like, some money to let us do a photo shoot real quick and, in, in, like, steer the boat. And I was like, okay, this is, like, a prime opportunity. And so I took, I took the photos. Uh-huh. Stacey- Stacey, the cap was never off the camera. Stop. The cap was
0: never off the camera. Wait a minute. So not only did you not take the photos you were supposed to take, but then they dropped extra money to get a special photo shoot. This is the freaking New York Giants and you left the cap on.
1: I left the cap on.
0: Oh. oh Oh my goodness so at what point did you did you actually like was it at least while on the boat? like were we able to do like a take two or is this like when you went to go and like you know edit the pictures like what Hmm.
1: I was on the boat when I realized that the cap was on right Mm -hmm. and then I decided that I wasn't going to tell nobody about this
0: I, I mean I feel you I, I can understand that at, at this point, you know, if somebody asks, you know, don't lie, own up to it, but also don't put your head out on the chopping block because that's a that's a pretty sharp, like samurai blade. Um, but in all honesty, um, so then what happened?
1: So what happened was when we got back to the office and it was time to start processing these processing these photos. Um, most of them were were blank, and mm-hmm. we just checked, chalked it up to a technical malfunction with the lens.
0: Oh, my Lanta, you know what?
1: <laughs> so, so wait,
0: is, is this to this day, like, oh, well, now people are going to know, but like to this day, had nobody ever knew you'd ever told anybody?
1: No one knows about this story. This is the first one ever aired. You might you might want to go retract the magazine the name. On Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll bleep out the name, but I feel like you all
1: <laughs> made
0: mad. Oh, you know, it's the New York Giants. It was someone's birthday. There was a boat. Like, you gave mad information. Like, even if I bleep out the name, I mean, I will. It's not a problem. But, um... <laughs> I mean, it
1: was, it was what, like, 11, 12 years ago. It was my first job. I ain't lose it over that, so it's not a big deal. Well, you ain't lose it over that because as far as anybody knows, you ain't do nothing. It was just a technical error. I mean... That was indeed a technical error. The entire way to take a photo is to make sure your co- your your camera is on and active, and that the lens is not covered. That is it. You press the button after that. That's, I mean, there's some fiddling okay. in between, but you know, that's generally like how
0: it goes. This is why IT guys are dicks. It's because of stuff like this. Because you know, I don't feel like that's a technical error. That's a user error. That was all you boo boo. Um, but technical at the end, technical user of- error. <laughs> technical user error. We'll just remix it (laughs) okay great um that that is wow Mm. that that's actually really funny because like that's the stuff you see in movies and like i would never fathom that that would actually really happen but i mean i feel like that's not as bad as the guy who deleted all the pictures of that wedding but again when you read the whole story he was totally justified i don't know if you heard about that because they they wouldn't get yeah, they wouldn't give him a plate of food. They and everyone's like, oh, that's terrible that, that he deleted him just because a plate of food. But it's like, oh, I guess you didn't read the article. So the whole thing was he was a family friend. They only paid him 250. As far as I understand, he actually paid to fly himself out there because it was somewhere, it wasn't home. It was somewhere not like destination like overseas, but it was somewhere he had to fly to, which he paid himself. He wasn't allowed any breaks at all. Like he never got a water break, pee break. They were just like running him ragged. And then the breaking point was. He did not get a meal break when everybody was eating. Because, again, you ain't going to take pictures of people eating. Like, what's the point? Let a eat. And they wouldn't let him eat. And, yeah, he deleted the picture. Rightfully so. Right on, sir. Um,
1: You know, usually wedding photographers will have it in their contract that they eat at some point. Uh, specifically. Because, you know, clients will, they will do some shit. Like, if it's not in the contract, they will beat you in the head.
0: That's that's crazy. I think, and I understand that again. So that's the whole big thing about read the fine print and whatever, whatever. But the fact that this is a family friend that you're only paying supposedly a family friend. I mean, shit. If that's your friend, how you treat your enemies? Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fact is that all of those factors combined. I don't. I doubt there was a contract. This was definitely a like. If I said to you, hey. Oh, hey, like when you created my Crage logo, it was just like a, hey, friend, can you create this logo for me? I need some crazy eyes. And that was it. Like we didn't have a contract. It was just a, hey, buddy, high five, cool, thanks. And that was it. But I mean, if you sent me an invoice, it is what it is, you know, like <laughs> it is what it is. We have Listen, no
1: contract. If you ask me to do something like that, right. And I say yes. And I did not send you a contract. It was because it was never meant to be paid.
0: And that's why I love you. But that's also what people need to understand. Like I actually had a friend recently. She wanted me to, um, what did she want me to do? Oh, like the bachelorette party or something like that. Mm. Like do some stand up for the bachelorette. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And and she asked me what my prices were, blah, blah, blah. Also something note to self, I just need to research. I should probably know what I should be charging for these things. But I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's, it's my gift to you or whatever. And like, that was the end of it. She still sent me hundred dollars, like regardless, but that was the end of it. We didn't, I happened to, you know, say, hey, but that's because she asked. Most people mm-hmm. will be like, hey, like if I had said, hey, what are your prices for drawing me crazy eyes? You know, the conversation might have went a little differently, but people just don't communicate. That's the
1: problem. Um, you know, lack of communication is communication in itself.
0: But communication means that something has to, like, I hate people say miscommunication when there was no communication. Like, miscommunication means that the communication was attempted and it did not go, awry. it did not go work. It, yeah, it did not go right. It went awry. But, I feel like no communication is not a miscommunication. It's not. I feel like lack of communication can't be communication because you didn't have it.
1: No, no. It is exactly just that. Um, If, say you walk into an area and that area is empty and clear and there is no sign saying that this is owned or private property, Mm -hmm. make it private property.
0: Um, probably, um, and I'm gonna just get into some shit with the government. Like they don't put a sign on everything
1: they own and they own mad shit. So I don't, mm, there's a, there's a database behind it, right? Like literally lack of communication is communication. It is seen through body language. It is like, there's, there's a way to express communication Hmm?
0: that is body language in itself. Okay. You know, we're getting, see, this is like me and you just talking for real. Like I'm not getting horror stories out of you. So I'm going to focus on the task at hand and let both of our ADHD just kind (laughs) of, and scene we'll i'll call you after and we will talk some more about this however i am Uh definitely wanting to hear i mean after that first story (laughs) and especially because you started with that i'm Mm -hmm. very curious as to what the second story is going to be
1: okay all right now this one this one's uh (laughs) near and dear a few years later i was uh, I was freelancing, right? So I I did the whole freelancing thing and that sucked, especially being in New York. And like everybody and their mother, when they find out that you are a graphic designer or that you produce artwork in any capacity, they want to try and use and abuse, right? That's Mm -hmm. just the go-to. I can't tell you why. Maybe, actually I can Ronald Reagan, but neither here (laughs) nor there.
0: You want to elaborate on that, sir?
1: Reagan cut funding to uh, all the arts and pretty much said, if you're gonna do art, it's not worth being paid for.
0: Interesting. I would have thought it was simply the fact that it's like one of those things that, oh, I know a guy and then you just happen to be that guy. Like I can't I can't sit here and say, I know five artists. Like I can't. So yeah, once you know a guy, you just become the guy and then everyone, refer- you know, you, you get referred to everybody. Oh yeah, I know a guy, I know a guy, oh yeah, I know a guy. And that guy's you, but it was 17
1: people who said, I know a guy and then, you know.
0: Hmm many
1: people. I'm, I'm never the go-to guy by the way you actually know a, a lot of artists surprisingly a lot of graphic designers and a lot of artists um we went to school with quite a few and they've all gone to be successful but i'm gonna get back to this horror story <laughs> this one takes place in the bronx
0: boogie down bx from the bronx What? okay go ahead oh, yeah.
1: so um i can't even remember the context of how this conversation started but somebody approached me at some point and was like, hey, uh, I got this idea. I think there was an email. Somebody reached out and was like, hey, uh, I got this project that I need to to develop. And I know that you do a lot of designs and whatnot. And at mm-hmm. the time, I had been focusing pretty heavy on the graffiti scene and also on fashion design. Yes. Specifically on shoes. Um which was, First of
0: all, the way you said shoes just took me back to that sketch with the shoes. Sorry, my ADD continue. I'm so sorry. So then what happened?
1: <laughs> so um, I go to the Bronx and at the time I was living in uh, Astoria, Queens. So it wasn't too far of a travel, but it still took like an hour and a half just to get up there. Rainy ass day. It's just me and my portfolio and my sketchbook doing the thing that we know we do.
0: And portfolios are not like Small, you know, and then you're saying it's raining. You got to like lug this thing around. Damn, homie. Okay. No, In like, the Bronx,
1: too. legitimately, I, this was, this was my thing. Like my big ass portfolio was my livelihood and it was something that I carried everywhere with me. I yes. So I get to the Bronx and I end up at this apartment building and I go inside and um, immediately like scurrying cockroaches, some crackheads. So, but, you know, being that we're from the 90s, and uh, it wasn't a big thing.
0: It didn't me. scare you. You wasn't like abort, abort
1: mission. No, uh, I get it. Red flags go over my head sometimes just cause I'm so used to them. Um, yeah, they're not red to us. We're like, oh, colors of the rainbow. Are there any blue and orange
0: ones? Yeah, yeah,
1: I get you. I can trust this. I know this very well. So exactly. I go to the apartment and I go in and there's this, this Spanish chick and um, she introduces herself. And uh, she's like, yeah, so I have this idea, and, you know, I want to develop some shoes. And then comes some dude out the side room. He's like, yeah, so I'm the money man, and uh, we got this idea. And so he sits there, and he proceeds to, for two hours, without breath, tell me what this idea is. I kid you not, I was there a total of six hours. This was a whole fucking work day. And Wait. I was just...
0: Wait, he's just t- like he didn't have like anything written, nothing to show you. He was just and like that was that was what happened.
1: Yes, and in the middle of this two hours, I got really bored, so I just sketched up every single idea that he mentioned as he was talking about it, and then showcased it at the end of him talking shit. So, <laughs> um, I had developed maybe around I think it was like eight or nine shoe designs. Oh damn! Within the the course of that, um. Uh, that two hour period. And it was, you know, it was it was very rough. Um, but the concepts revolved around the elements like crystals and, and flowers and um fire, water, and oh, just, very
0: like I was gonna say nature-like, and then you said fire and water, and I thought of Avatar, but still very nature like earthy oriented. Yeah, totally. So man. he's been talking for two hours. You mm-hmm. basically checked out in a sense, almost you had to do something cause he wouldn't shut the hell up yeah. and you have now sketched up his ideas. Um, so then what happened?
1: So at that time he was telling me how they had all these, uh, different resources that they were trying to implement in order to make this, this shoe thing work and how they had a, a, a company. Um, I think it was in, it was either Puerto Rico or in Dominican Republic. It was probably Dominican Republic, but they, um, they said they were ready to produce these shoes and they just needed to, to get the idea down on paper. And so mm-hmm. I slid the notebook over to them, like my little sketchbook, and they were just immediately blown away. And I was like, all right, so um, what's the budget?
0: <laughs> That's always the question that lets you know how this is about to go.
1: <laughs> I kid you not. As soon as I said that, there's, there was a knock on the door. Boom, boom, boom. Immediately, like on cue, like on someone said budget. Media. He was like, "Oh, that's me. Come through." Facts. So, dude, let's uh, this other dude into the, into the apartment. Now, this dude is bigger than life. Like, I want you to imagine what Fat Pun looked like and Fat like Big Pun and Fat Joe. What they look like if they were one person and then mm-hmm. twice as tall.
0: So Fat Joe and Big Pun had a baby.
1: <laughs> on God.
0: Okay. Wait, was he bald? I don't know he why. Was bald. Exactly-
1: <laughs> he was bald with a goatee. Oh, okay.
0: All right. So so the, the, the budget man walked in on cue. Um, and uh, so then what?
1: <laughs> and he just dropped a couple of stacks. Just They weren't even stacks. They were just rollies, right? He just dropped like three rolls, all hundreds, on the table. Uh- and I realized I was in the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: I love how you walk past the crackheads, um, no problem, no issue. Dude is talking like he's on cocaine, no problem, mm. no issue. And then you get the money, which is where most people would be like, yay, this is like the light at the end of the tunnel. But you were like, nah, this is the light at the end of the tunnel. That is an oncoming train. Like, I'm not doing this.
1: Yes, I'm familiar with too many um, business deals that start up that go horribly wrong. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to let y'all have these three. I'm going to take five of these and I'm going to let you keep 3.
0: What like, made right. you do that? Was you
1: just like worried about uh fat pun <laughs> also being the muscle and not just the like, budget? Like okay, so here's how this goes, right? You know, somebody asks you to do something and then you do it and you do it really well and then they're like, "Well, great. I'm going to need you to stay on and follow through." Now Right. The 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 chick who came up with this idea, she had a friend over. They were really, really fine looking, but they were the type of fine looking that looked like street walkers. Okay. So my immediate go-to was I'm in the Bronx and I don't really spend a lot of time here. At best, I would go visit my sister's grandma in the Bronx at the time. This was Mm -hmm. before I lived there. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm gonna charge you $20 per sketch. They was like, cool. He gave me a hundred I gave him three sketches I went and bought pizza and I took my ass home <laughs> so that was like the easiest hundred you might have made
0: but at the same time your life was probably in danger
1: um I'm gonna say that was not the easiest hundred dollars I've ever made um uh, because that took a long time like that was that was six hours Stacey. of just right
0: I was on the I was still going with the two hours but no, then also no, I had no. you almost two hours to get there so okay sorry not the easiest it was in an easy hundred dollars though wasn't
1: the easiest um the easiest hundred dollars I have ever made uh was me selling prints like yo I would I would go to FedEx and I would I would this was during the 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 homelessness project that I was working on the cardboard auctions Mm. back in 2014 And um, I got into the habit of making prints of watercolor pieces that I would make. So I'd go to FedEx, and FedEx would charge me $0.50 to Xerox on glossy paper um, that was waterproof with a waterproof ink. Amazing price, right? Like, this is light, fast. It's archival. It is $0.50 to Xerox. Wait,
0: what do, what do they charge now? I mean, I, I know that's dirt cheap, but that was also only like a couple of years ago. It wasn't like you said 2004, or 1994. Like this is only like six, year, seven years ago. So yeah. how much do they cost now a, if you happen to know? Oh,
1: Jesus Christ. If you wanted to do something that was like 11 by 14, it's going to cost you somewhere around eight to $10. <laughs> um, and an, an 11 by eight, which is what I was originally printing on, um now costs like three or four dollars if you were trying to get it done in the same fashion
0: wow that's a that's a pretty big jump okay yeah, Inflation.
1: That is a huge jump so love- to sum this story up real fast uh I did an art show, and in the process of doing this art show, I busted out these new prints, and it was my first time making prints so um I ended up selling them for twenty a pop, and I sold fifteen nice.
0: Look in- at that! And was that was that something like you were like testing out? Was that the first time you had done these, you know, yeah. prints and said, "Oh, look, it worked"? Or was it like you had been doing it for a while and it was like finally it worked?
1: No, this was the first time I ever did prints, and so, it it worked beautifully, and um, I made I made a decent amount. Like that was that was three hundred dollars in in thirty minutes. Nice, super dope, good for you. Thank All you. Uh, little things. That three hundred dollars, by the way, homeless people. When they get money, use it specifically on necessities. $300 ain't shit to them. That shit right. will disappear within a few hours. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's bad. It's and there's shit. another
0: thing I've heard of with um, when homeless people, when they're donate, when people are donating stuff to homeless shelter, and blah, 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 the biggest things that they forget are socks. Mm. And for females, they don't they don't give them um, products, feminine products. That those are the two biggest things that they are in need of. And like again, I'm not saying don't give. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's great if you want to give. Maybe you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. That, and, and, whatever. Yo, go to the Dollar Tree. It's like a ten pack. Mm. Like it's not it's not hard. It's really not a lot off your back. But people will do what they do.
1: Um, oh, oh, you. I I gotta I gotta bring this up though. Uh, in that is- same vein, people forget that allergies are a thing and can become much more severe depending on the uh, the health and condition of the person.
0: Oh, my gosh. So funny you say that because, yeah, I definitely was like, what is happening to my face? Why does my face hurt? And it's just my sinuses are a mess. So I was like, oh, yeah, I st- about that time I started taking Benadryl every night. I forgot. Yeah. Allergies are like and that's something that and I get what people say. Oh, I just like, I, I won't, I'll be honest. I'm one of those people. I would rather just like buy you a meal I will, and I'll even buy you clothes. I, I don't, I don't give same way. I don't give money to um like foundations even because you only like 10 cents of every dollar goes to the actual people who need help. I would rather go donate my time. Or like I said, I will buy you what you need. That's just me in general. And I know some people hate that, but I, I think that's great that you even mentioned that about like it being the essentials. Like that's not, I mean, yeah. Clothes, of course they obviously need a place to stay fine. You don't want somebody in your house. Okay. I get your, I get that that's not what you're going to do, but there are so many other ways to help so many people. Soup kitchens, you know, you volunteer at a soup kitchen, things like that. There's so many things to
1: do. You know, um, I, I got mixed feelings on even those. Cause. Uh, it, <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. The way that are. Our, our, litigation works the way that uh bureaucracy works and the limitations that end up happening on that lower level of uh yeah the social ladder
0: i mean you Um, gotta remember where we live what country we're in because at the end of the day like i think about it where they talk about um you know a lot of the people on the street are mentally ill and blah 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 i'm like yeah how do you think they got there like somebody stopped paying the bill oh you think they didn't just get dumped on the street because there's footage of this happening right off the stretcher. Bam. Like I've seen it. (laughs) So yeah, there's a lot of politics and bullshit and bureaucracy. And like you're saying, the limitations, the, I, I feel you that. And again, that's why for me, I'd rather do something I know is going to help right here right now, as opposed to here's some money and I don't know shit, you could lose it. I don't fucking you might get robbed. I'd rather just give you something that you can just use, you know? Mm. But while I have you, let's not end on a sad note. Of um, actually, that wasn't a sad note. You made an easy money. So, but I do want to hear more about what you are up to, where people can find you, where they can, you know, use your services. Tell
1: us about all those good things. Okay. So you can find me at com. That is artistemore.com. And under that same name, if you Google me, you will find me no matter where i am because that's how google works um so my social media handles are also artistemor um on twitter uh instagram facebook tiktok uh tumblr uh and generally everything else um, see i love
0: that brand recognition that's the same with like Stacey's funny like i was like i want i took that on tiktok but I, like i think two years before i even made a first tiktok same with snapchat i was like i just want the name it's my name i want it i'm gonna put it the same it's gonna be the same everywhere yeah so yeah i feel you
1: <laughs> um so uh i did have one more story to tell you very quickly Oh, we,
0: I'm not rushing you at all. I just, I, I, I hate sometimes. I get so caught up in the the horror, and then mm. I, I forget to do this, and then I have to just like comment it at the end of the post. And like oh, when yeah. I, so I, I rather do it at the end. But hey, that's fine. You got another story. We, we love the horror here. Halloween's over, okay. but we'll take it.
1: Uh, well, I, I do want to say that I have spent some, some crazy years doing some crazy shit. So, uh, you know, I came down <laughs> to Florida in like 2013, right? Yes so wait, was that, that yeah yeah that was the first time uh, okay I, so i ended up coming down here 2013 after a really bad relationship and um the summary of that story is uh both of my no hands don't summarize broken. it tell the story uh that's not the story i was gonna tell oh. both okay. of my hands ended up getting broken in uh <laughs> that heartbreaking incident but wait, wait.
0: i'm sorry did you just say both of your hands got broken
1: yeah yeah I broke both of my hands
0: okay i know that i know you said that's not the story you're going to tell but like your hands are literally your life like this is your (laughs) that's how you make your money that's what you do and you wow all right fine don't tell the story fine sorry fans he doesn't want (laughs) to share sorry
1: uh you know sometimes you leave the bronx and then you get your hands broken so such is life right uh (laughs) so i came down in 2013 i did the circuit thing right like i As soon as my hands were better, I jumped right on. Like Within the first week, I was already showcasing um, at a local gallery center and did a group show. At that group show, I met a a collective of people. They brought me over to Miami, and I ran the circuit from Miami to Southwest Florida. It was really great. I did uh, 400 shows in the course of eight months, became an art director, got bored, and then decided to do the Cardboard Oxygen Project that brought me back to New York. I found out
0: that wait, homelessness
1: doesn't jump. First what? of
0: all, you're talking like the damn, that wasn't fat pun, the other guy, the money man. You're talking like him. You're just rattling all this stuff off. As if like, first of all, let's just take a moment to acknowledge mm. stuff that you did. Because first of all, 400 shows in eight months. I was literally sitting here trying to count and I don't feel like it, but I know there's 365 days in one year. So you were definitely doing multiple shows a day, which is dope AF. Um, <laughs> it's super cool that you like just moved down there and now you're freaking running the circuit. Like that's so cool. Like
1: kudos, give yourself like, yay, good for you. Um, You know, it's, it's a hit and miss sometimes because at some point you got, you got to slow down.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then you burn out. I feel you. I totally feel you.
1: So my burnout came in the fact that I had done so much. I just didn't know how to chase the high anymore. And I decided I'd, I'd do something completely different. I always wanted to be an art director and then got that position and was like, what do I, what am I doing? So, um. <laughs> That's
0: why they say it's about the journey. Cause you get to the destination and you're like, yeah, no, I was having way more fun before. <laughs> this that,
1: is not it. Uh, so I decided to do this treacherous ass project. I got a bunch of sponsors from some of the, the local, uh, communities. And I did a, a final show and sold a few pieces and raised a lot of awareness and then got ready to uh, to launch in New York uh, 2014. I think it was January 7th. I flew up there. And on January 8th, I did a uh, interview with Bronx Newsnet. And um, like, that was it. That was the start of me doing the whole homeless project while being homeless in the streets of New York. And in the process of doing that, The first because it was the coldest fucking day I had ever experienced. It was negative seven. Damn. So I flew from Miami, 78 degrees, to New York, Kennedy Airport, negative seven degrees. As soon as I walked out, I couldn't feel my fingers.
0: New York was like, what up, bitch?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, yo, I've never been tested in such a way. (laughs) Wow. I did this shit. And I did that project for two years. Uh, I did take a small break because I fell into a bit of a depression. Um, but in, in the process of doing that, like my first month on the streets was just figuring out where the homeless population is because it mm-hmm. had jumped from 12,000 just in uh, the city alone, just on uh, the island of Manhattan, uh, to 60,000 people. Wow. And even that, it's still extremely high. Now, many people don't know this, but New York has a state policy where if you are not from the state of New York, you can petition the uh, the local government to fly you to your home state or wherever you can find um, uh, a place to to settle and be. uh, Wow, that's interesting. They only do it once, but they will pay your way.
0: But is that, okay, that's amazing to know. So also I will definitely be sharing that information. So everybody else, also, if you're listening, if you know anyone, feel free to share that information. Um, But I'm curious, is that something a person can just do? I know you said petition, but like, you know, I'm thinking again, if you're homeless, you don't have attorney money, you don't have necessarily somewhere to print out papers. Like, so I'm trying to figure out how exactly this process would work.
1: Um. Well, I've never actually done it, so I, I don't know the logistics to it. I just know that it is a thing. And you can Google Project. the process. And, you know, if, if you have a, an after after showcase that you can do, um, just throw it up. Um, but, yeah, just Google it. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, there's a lot of little things about New York that I found out over the years that really blew my mind. Like, I didn't know that it was still a violation to have less than $13 in your pocket. Wait, what? You get a ticket <laughs> for not having enough money in your pocket. Like I never cash carry money.
0: cash. I would be, I would be getting a ticket so much.
1: Wow. But yeah, like it's, it's little things like that that I thought were really intriguing, um, because it, it does speak very, very heavily on the systematic handicap.
0: Ooh, yes. The, Let's the talk about family. that for a second. That is one huge thing. Like, if you're poor, you're you pay for everything with interest. It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, you have a toothache. Well, you can't afford health insurance. Well, now the tooth is rotting and now you have an abscess and now you've got to go to the hospital. Like, because you couldn't take care of this little toothache, now yeah. you're in the hospital with thousand dollars of bills because you, again, you don't have the insurance or you couldn't afford again, because dental insurance, well, insurance in America sucks period, but the dental insurance, my God, um, is a joke. So all of those things like and then if you have a job where it's not full time or whatever, you know you don't have the benefits to take off work to take care of the tooth. Like you pay for everything com in a compound way, and it's freaking mind blowing. So like you said, yeah, to have less than thirteen dollars in your pocket. What if you don't have thirteen dollars to your name? How are you going to have thirteen dollars in your pocket?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to piggyback off of the whole tooth rotting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother passed away earlier this year, and okay. uh, yeah. there's a a sad little fact about uh, toothaches. That when you're older and you get a toothache or have a rotting tooth, um, it it's one of those issues that is life-threatening and will send you into cardiac arrest for several days on end.
0: That is actually not an age thing. Um, that is just a thing with the tooth because you're – okay, for people who don't know – um, the mouth is pretty much, again, okay, Yeah. That's where you eat your food. Right. But like if someone's having a heart attack, yeah, you can crush up an aspirin, put it under their tongue. It goes straight to their heart. So if you have an infection in your mouth, that is also going straight to your heart. Yeah. That's not an age thing. I've, I've known people who have, uh, damn near died. And I know some people who have died young and old, it is just the way the mouth works. But yes, you're of course at more at risk. Cause if you're older, you may be, you know, um, having other issues. But yeah, if you have like a toothache that's like not going away and you're trying to ignore it or whatever the case is, listen, deal with collections later. If you're dead, you can't deal with nothing later, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, back to the whole homelessness thing, right? Uh, so good, good job. You helped me on that one with the
0: ADHD. appreciate you.
1: You're welcome. Uh, so at one point, uh, I had spent some, some nights just uh, perusing about and and just figuring out where people were sleeping at because there's not enough room in any of the shelters uh, to accommodate essentially 60,000 citizens. Right. Uh, so I found out that there were like certain establishments like a McDonald's uh, near Penn Station that allowed its homeless population, like the locals to to just live in their upstairs area at 2 a.m. So people would wander in at like 2 a.m. and leave at seven.
0: Wow. I'm I'm did you ever get to like the underground civilizations? Like I know there's literally like literal underground civilizations in between like the subway stuff and I've seen crazy documentaries on it. It's crazy because I'm like, yo, these people are literally like, and then, you know, their eyes start to change because they're in the dark all the time. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But did you, did you ever experience that or get to learn about that? Or was that kind of just like, yeah, it's a little too far. I'm not dealing with that. because It was like- a little
1: bit too far out just because gotcha. of what I learned about the psychology of uh, sleep deprivation and mm-hmm. malnutrition.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: essentially, people do turn feral. And uh, they do go through schizophrenic breaks. And, you know, the more intelligent a person is, the more that they are active, critical thinkers, the more likely that they are to have slip of the thought. Uh, So one of the interviews that I was I was doing uh, at this McDonald's, I ended up doing uh, four that night. And some of them were some for some very successful like musicians um, who just couldn't catch a break.
0: Mm.
1: Like they were actively you know, playing in gigs and playing shows and making money. But the money that they made just did not support them enough on a daily to overcome that circumstance because yes. again, being homeless is it's expensive beyond reason.
0: Yes. Pay artists in all shapes or forms. Stop trying to pay people in exposure and whatever other bullshit.
1: Oh, Well, I mean, they could continue to pay people an exposure, but artists just have to be very selective and choose not to. Because at the end of the day, the average person is willing to spare of whatever they have in order to enjoy the bit of entertainment. And it's unfortunately it is uh, the individual responsibility to to organize and adjust a community.
0: Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. But at the end of the day, again, just because, you know, you and I won't do it. Like think about it. 60,000 people, just because 10,000 people won't, you know, play this uh, lounge, I don't know, bar or whatever they're at playing their music at whatever. I'm sorry. I don't know why I can't think of words, but anyway, wherever they're at, they, you know, maybe they'll say, oh, we'll give you a meal. You know, I, I can understand not turning that down, but I, but I can also understand, you know, like, prioritizing being like no we as the people need to like you know get together and do better but yeah if someone's offering you a hot meal and you haven't had one in a week i, I
1: can understand why you want to take it uh you know i i really gotta say there's a-, a pandering circuit i don't know if you ever heard about it no uh so you know how like you got the panhandlers like the the people that would sit there on the street and they would ask for money right and there was that old joke i, I can't remember what the context was or which was- i think it might have been um don't be a medicine south Central. Um, Great
0: movie to quote. All right.
1: I'm going <laughs> to see where this is going. There was a dude with dreadlocks who's begging for money. And every time he, he begs for money, like towards the end of the film, you see him get up and take off his like bum clothes. And underneath he had a suit and he walks over to the, the nearby Lexus and drives off. Like right. that's the real thing.
0: Some th- yeah, people do that in real life, and again, part of the reason why I prefer not to give money. It's the same with like, what's the scam? Oh, I just need, you know, whatever. I need like seven dollars to buy my train ticket. I lost it. You know how I many times I'm like, okay, let's go. I'll buy your ticket. No, 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 never mind. Oh, what? Ha- I thought you needed a ticket. You didn't need the ticket because I thought you need. I'll buy you a ticket. You don't need. The- okay, you don't need the ticket because you're fucking lying. Yeah, that's unfortunately, you know, it's like the bad apples ruin it for the bunch. I'm sure majority of the people are struggling. I get that, but at the end of the day. It's my money i'm gonna do with what i want
1: um at the end of the day the the most important thing for people who are in that particular situation it's not it's not money there's never been money right it's it's the stability everybody just needs the stability the ability to get food and sustain themselves with food and with shelter and everything else uh that's a luxury
0: i was gonna say there's actually i mean stability is definitely important but there's also like the humanity part of it like the fact that you won't even look at the you know you just look past them act like they don't even exist you know like that part to just like dehumanize them in a sense like that's another thing look them in the eye say good morning whatever like i don't know i mean i get it sometimes they're not mentally well so like you don't want to take that chance but that's another part of another aspect of it um along with, I know stability is obviously the most important thing, but there's also that aspect of it of just like, Hey, I'm not garbage. Um, I know you're just looking past me like I am, but I am a person. Hi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Um, so back to this whole horror story thing, right? Like my first month in, I think it was February. I was sleeping on a bench um, in Astoria and it was frost on the ground, uh, like a whole sheet of snow, but it was iced over. And I ended up coming down with a fever that almost killed me. So, um, wow. um wow. yeah, like my, my temperature was 107.
0: How um, did you, like, w- did someone find you? Or like, did you walk into a hospital? Like, how did you even, because again, a lot of people don't even make it out of that. They're on the bench and that's the last time, you know, last breath they take.
1: Yeah, my arrogant ass was just very hell bent on like doing the whole experience and then realized that at, at some point I snapped out of it. Like I don't know if you've ever gone through like a hay fever before, um, where your mind is just warped in many ways. Like again, sleep deprivation and malnutrition, whatever consisting uh, health elements you might be having, you will literally start to imagine thoughts, and those thoughts will not be a true reflection of your thoughts or your.
0: But in, in your mind, they are at that moment because you're yeah. so.
1: Yeah. So with that being said, um, I did happen to have uh, a family friend who lived nearby and uh, (laughs) I ran into them at one point and he was like, hey, you don't look so good. So he invited (laughs) me in and he was like, listen, you got a a fever, we got to break your fever. So went through the process of like recovering over the course of a a week and a half. And then um, I went back to doing the project, but um, it was a little bit more like scary than that. And there's, there's definitely some horror stories come along with it because imagine, right? Like we know that you can survive without food for three weeks. You can I, survive I didn't know food. three weeks. I didn't know what the number was. <laughs> it's, it's three weeks and a week and a half without water. That I knew. Um, so, well, 10 days without water. I think that's like a week and a half. Anywho, yeah. um, like, I had already gone like eight days without eating at that point. And it was just yeah. it was <laughs> thinking And when you think
0: so your body needs nutrition and you were just like, eh.
1: Yeah, because you're I'm just running on a high at that point. So
0: right. Um, and you were so committed to the project, which is a great project, but you were so committed to it. Oh my god, that's like Heath Ledger. <laughs> Ledger, like with the Joker, and then he actually went like cuckoo, and then you know the medication. And yeah, that's wow. So like be careful how far you commit, folks. Don't like I mean, hey, if that's how you want it, I can't even say don't. Do what you want, but just know that that's a risk, that you get so committed and so lost in a project. You may lose yourselves.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say don't commit that much. Uh, life is totally worth living, and um, if you're not living your life, then live it for someone else.
0: Oh, that's sweet. I just want to end the episode right now. That was so great. Can we just end <laughs> there? That was so nice.
1: Well, wait. there's it away! What's his name, um, Billy, whatever? <laughs> yeah. So like, I guess the, the craziest part about all these these different mishaps were the lessons that I learned in the process and the shame that came along with the experience for not only me for, you know, essentially taking on this, this opportunity to tackle homelessness as a, a social issue uh, and then to showcase that uh, to a bunch of people said that, You know, hopefully their minds might be shifted in terms of looking at people as people, which, Mm. what the fact that that's even not a thing is a problem in its own right. But, um, agreed. The shame that comes along with being homeless is something that's indescribable because when your mind is broken, when your spirit is broken, when you start to hallucinate in the process, and then you come to, And you realize that the person that you're talking to is interviewing you about your, it's embarrassing.
0: Wow. So you actually recognize that moment in them because you kind of had the experience yourself. I mean, you weren't interviewed, but you had that experience yourself of that moment basically.
1: Yeah. And in that same, in that same breath and vein, um, the, the person that I was interviewing at the time apologized. Oh, so there's so much shame, oh my gosh. And I had to take a step back and realize that I was doing this by choice. Mm. And That's the deep. concern and, and like, in the people that I cared for as they tried to reach out to me and check on me daily was, that was something that I, I had to, to learn, you know, is it's a very difficult thing to, to teeter on because my life is important to so many different people and I did not view it in that perspective. Um, but hell, like even in that, even there, I, I got a chance to do things that I never thought I would do. Like I never thought that I would be able to find out where to get free food at. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7-Eleven, for example, right, has a bunch of sandwiches that they throw out every day and they can't Dunkin pass them out. Dunkin' Donuts,
0: same thing. Dunkin' Donuts is the same thing with their donuts at the end of the day.
1: Yep, they are not allowed to pass it out uh, and if it's past an expiration date, it still actually has five days to be eaten before it is considered spoiled. Um, so they, they throw them out early. So I made some deals with some of the 7-Eleven workers all about and would go around collecting trash bags full of food. And I'd walk out of a 7-Eleven at 2 a.m. with damn near 60 to 80 sandwiches, passing them out to as many people as I could.
0: That's a beautiful thing. I know. Um, well, okay. I, I do not know how valid this is. I mean, I know I volunteered for them a time or two. City Harvest supposedly does something like that with um, uh, grocery stores. So when they're about to throw stuff out that's expired or whatever, or sometimes it's not even expired. It's just that they got a new shipment in and they're like, well, chuck that shit. Um, City Harvest supposedly takes that stuff and brings it to shelters. Again, I do not know the 100% validity yeah, validity of that, but I think that's an amazing thing that you did because, like, that makes me want to, like, do that. Like, go to 7-Eleven, like, yo, because, again, we know them all the time, and, like, see how I can get some sandwiches to, you know, pass out. Because we – I don't give a shit that it's Long Island. There's homeless people right out here on our streets, too. Like, it's not <laughs> – it, it's not what people think it is. And I, I think that's, that's dope. How, how did you stumble across that? Like, did someone put you onto it, or did you see someone do, throwing it out, or did you hear about it? Like, how did you even?
1: Stacey, I used to work around at the 7 Eleven around your house.
0: What day when you worked there? I
1: was, was like, how long ago was this? This was around the time that um, Desiree had her accident.
0: Oh, I definitely was not at 7 Eleven. That's funny. Cause she, I mean I was at her house, but I was not at 7
1: <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. Um, I think I think I told you like that was around the time that um I got into like that really big fight and we ended up destroying the 7 Eleven, and that's why it got uh rebuilt. And they had to do all the all day. What? Yeah. Okay.
0: This this is not for the radio. This is not for the fans. I'm just gonna talk to you about this later because this is crazy. Um that's amazing. I definitely want to hear more about this. But in the meantime, um I want to thank you for that lovely note of life is worth living. And if you don't want to live it for yourself, live it for someone else. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to, you know, I mean, we talked about where to follow you, artist Emore. Of course I'll be tagging you, artistemore.com, your website. And, oh,
1: you didn't talk about your company. Well, I mean, that is my company, right? So I'm a designer. Uh, we, we are a design agency. We have a bunch of different uh, designers all across the board from graphic designers to illustrators. Uh, we do VFX and special effects and video editing and audio and all the fun things that you might need to create any multimedia project. Um, we have worked with various clients all across the board from government officials all the way to movie production companies. And uh, on occasion, we'll, we'll do a game or two. But um, I think the, the most fun thing in the world is being able to just directly involve myself in the industries that I want to be a part of. Um, So, you know, next time you have an idea in mind and you want to bring it to life, take it to artistseymour.com. Hit me up.
0: Boom. Just like that. That's it. Yeah. See, I know that is your company, but I'm like, you got to tell people what you do, sir. Come on. I'm trying to plug you here. Plug, plug, plug.
1: (laughs) Oh, before I forget, uh, we are planning on launching another coloring book just for the holiday seasons. Ooh, Um, I love coloring. Do you? Well, we already have one out. It's called mythos. Yes. Bunch of, uh, mythological creatures from all across the world. And, you know, you can pick that up at the website, uh, Either as an e-file or we'll just print one up and uh, send it over to you. It's got a hard cover, like a hard cover, so it's waterproof. You know, doing all the fancy things so that you can fancy
0: use- schmancy. First with your little microphone, and now your little fancy schmancy hard cover, waterproof cover.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this new book is going to be based off of a little character that we've developed as a mascot that is going to turn into an animated piece at some point. Called Team Milo. It's a uh, a little green man. The mythology is based off of uh, Haitian lore, but you know, go to the website and check out check it out.
0: I would like to get involved. I'm volunteering myself as tribute. All right, great. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a lovely chat as it always is. I want to thank you for sharing your horror. I mean, and and technical difficulties, whatever you may call them. Uh, please like, follow, share all that good stuff. And again, until next time, we'll hear another story about. Some tragedy. So then what happened, you know? Thanks, Stacy. Thanks, Will.